Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter and that is Tara and we are going to talk about Big Little Lies Season 2 Episode 3. It's called The End of the World. So full spoilers for the episode as always. So first things up, uh, or first, first things up, first things first, I can't, sp- like, I'm not long out of bed, I didn't get a lot of sleep, okay, this might be a wackier <laughs> review, but first thing is first, Tara was moving last week, so she was not here for the review, so I must ask you, um, because, not not to uh, downplay this episode any, but I think out of the three episodes, episode two was clearly the big one so far. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So it's insane that that's the one you missed. So if you want to quickly just summarize your feelings on episode two to get the audience up to up to speed. Well, I know like people I've talked to who have watched season one are not really into season two, but last week episode I think changed a lot of people's mind because so much happened. Um, like everybody's storyline just got like chaotic and crazy and uh, a lot happened last week and yeah i was uh really into it and i was sorry i missed the review yeah <laughs> although i couldn't keep my thoughts to myself i had to text you the whole time <laughs> oh yeah no no uh, I, I reiterated some of your thoughts uh, on the last week's show but um it is it was a big episode last week to the point yeah, where I'd say for last week although there was a lot of bonnie stuff that happened i think mostly it was madeline and renata's story last week um let's not forget celeste and jane and everyone finding out about ziggy and the kids finding out like for me that was kind of the yeah the i want to say biggest thing because there was obviously the other big things but like if that may have had the most impact on me and then you did of course have the ed finding out about the cheating and, and stuff so I think it was almost a lot to ask for this episode to live up to, to follow up. Yeah, to, to last week's because last week's like it like it'd be one thing if it just did the kids stuff and revealed you know that, like Ziggy knew about his father. It'd be one thing to just do the 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 affair reveal to Ed, or it'd be one thing to just do Renata's plot. But it did all three of them in the same episode, and it felt so dense and packed. And then this episode felt a lot more like episode one. I thought where it was like good like it's, it's doing solid things there's some great scenes with acting specifically uh you know a couple of scenes with Mel Streep of course specifically I, I was, she's amazing <laughs> I, I was laughing out loud early on when I when I, I realized that Madeline and Ed went to the same therapist because it didn't it didn't cut to the therapist for a little while it's like Madeline was just sitting there talking about mm-hmm. like her feelings or, or what's happened and I was like is it the same therapist is it the same therapist and it cut to her I was like Yes, it's her. Celeste, <laughs> Celeste has recommended her. <laughs> and I love the idea that between talking to two of them now, she's going to like build up this like, okay, this is why they're friends. <laughs> this is like how they depend on each other because they're both so right. different and but broken in so many ways. And even they kind of comment on that. There's a couple of scenes in this episode where they're in the car together and they're kind of being honest with each other about their feelings. And It's a really great uh, contrast between what you see Madeline talk about the therapist's office and what she's willing to admit. And then when she's in the car and she's in this secure place with her best friend, what she's actually willing to admit, you know? Yeah. She still can't help herself from lying when she's around, um, like a place where she's supposed to be open. Yeah. Cause that was, that was a big thing for me in that therapist scene is I was like, wait, you thought Celeste was hard to like crack up and get to spill the beans Oh, you're in for a in for a time with Madeline. If I, in a later scene with Celeste, she refers to like her time with Perry as a war because she's like, you, the, the, part of what you're feeling is like you, you're like a vet who misses being in combat <laughs> because like yeah. regular life is too boring. You, you you don't know how to adjust to it. But I'm like, yeah. you've got your own war. 
with Madeline. Like this is like trying to get her because every time she said anything to Madeline about uh, like feeling uh, regret about college or anything like that, like Madeline just got like, excuse me, what does that have to do yeah. with anything? Like that was her response to like everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, and when she admits it to her daughter Abigail too, that abigail you could see on her face she's like yeah she's right (laughs) (laughs) but won't like we'll never say that to her mom you know because her mom's going through a thing right now yeah but i really like the scene with the the therapist um at first i wasn't quite sure if i did because i thought the therapist was being very difficult like really really hard on both of them and it's clearly the first time that they've gone to see her and uh, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it because she's very different with Madeline than she is with Celeste. But it it sort of worked. And then for a while it seemed, or for a moment it seemed that she was going to turn on Ed and talk about his betrayal. But it was just a way for him to open up about uh, the kind of person that he is and uh, you know admit that he is loyal and faithful and was invested in his marriage. And then it turns back on to Madeline. It was just a very different way of uh, of seeing how she treats or how she is able to to get through to different types of personalities. Yeah, um, it is interesting to see her play with someone who's completely different, and it, more importantly, someone that we already know so well. You know, having seen Madeline for you know a season and a half now, like knowing how she is with people, knowing how defensive yeah. and how much she she like shuts a cage around herself and deflects. Well, she everything. she depends on lies. Like her, everything she talks, the only time she's ever honest is when she's in the car, her car, with Celeste. That's the only time she ever seems to be honest. She had that one moment with her daughter last year, and then... Yeah, or, and that was a big moment for her. Just, yeah. And, uh, you know, because it, it, it builds up to this, this great little scene. Uh, we'll talk about Bonnie separately, but Bonnie's in a bit of a better place, and she's, she's like, sitting talking with Ed, and it's just, you know, they're just in a outdoor cafe doesn't you know whatever yeah they just seem to be to happen to be at the same yeah coffee shop at the same time and madeline walks up and feels i don't want to say she just feels jealous per se i think it's a bit more complicated than that but it's just like he's kind of shunning her right now he's not speaking to her they're in a very bad place and he's sitting there being jokey with her ex's current wife <laughs> and yeah. which i actually Who she hated for years yeah and they're in a better place now and to be fair i don't think she ever turns any shade on bonnie in this scene she kind of like whenever she addresses bonnie in this scene she's trying to just be nice to her she's not like trying to like there's no undercutting there's no like subtext when she's because last season whenever she spoke to bonnie there was always this little edge to it, this little passive aggressive tint and there was none of that in this scene she wasn't taking out like how she was feeling on bonnie and i thought that no. was uh, it showed kind of where she is with bonnie because of their shared experience and because of what they've been uh, recently but i was laughing hysterically halfway through the scene not because of something specifically in the scene but because i just realized because bonnie in this episode uh, now i think it's more to do with her like walking into the ocean at the start and trying to like become better and our conversation with jane but i did yeah. kind of laugh that she seemed to be in a better mood after having uh, a conversation with ed which is exactly what nathan was trying to get ed to right. do <laughs> the last in the first episode and that really made me yeah. laugh <laughs> and i'm sure ed like genuinely enjoyed having just a sit-down conversation yeah. with somebody who was happy to hear their stories or whatever and it was maybe there was a little bit of flirtation but mostly it was just about you know trying to have a smile during a time that's really hard on both of them right now but you could like because it makes madeline and probably nathan very upset it's also just 
a cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he says, oh, this is a twofer then. This, is all, this all pisses off Nathan. This is a twofer. Excellent. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to throw this thought out there because it came up, but like, um, do you think he's going to contact the booby lady? <laughs> <laughs> now that he realizes that he likes pissing off both of them. <laughs> I mean... She made quite a statement in the first episode. <laughs> Hold on, I'm not ready to move past. Do you think he's going to contact the booby lady? That <laughs> may be my that may be my favorite thing you've ever said <laughs> on any show. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly who I'm referring to. Oh, I remember them. I mean her. Um... <laughs> That was an intentional joke, everyone at home. Thank you very much. Nice. Two points. Uh, <laughs> two, one two. for each. Yeah, one for each. <laughs> so um, he may, like, maybe he, maybe he's almost starting to understand what she was trying to do. Like, oh, oh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because he didn't know about the affair. We were speculating whether or not he did, mm. but clearly he did not. So maybe now, so like, now things she, are making a little more sense. Yeah, she, yeah. booby lady was trying to like piss off. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot his name now. Jeremy? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. I don't know. Theater director did. She was trying to piss off him and Madeline. He's like, I can be an ally in this. I can do this. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's pissed them both off. Um, so maybe maybe you will. I don't know. I, I think there's some really interesting stuff from it. And I think what's, what's well written about this show is that while, like, because Celeste later on kind of chastises him a little bit for not helping his wife. I don't think anyone yeah. watching this show can can look at Ed and anything that does in this episode and think he's being out of line or he you know like you don't empathize with why he doesn't want to like step in and help Madeline even you know because it all builds up to this we get this this parent uh, assembly because and we'll get to the reason for this but a, they talk about teaching their kids about climate change and the principal's getting kind of, you know, angry with the crowd. Madeline kind of shouts back at him and says, oh, yeah, well, you can come up and sh- talk first then. So she gets Madeline up on the podium. And she has this thing where she's talking about, you know, being honest with her kids. And, you know, it was a very great speech because all she does is lie to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And she's kind of, like, feeling the effect of those lies over over the course of the, the story of the show. Uh, so her, yeah. like, breaking down here, even though it's clearly not just about the kids. And it, it has that great shot at the end where she looks out at the crowd and everyone's gone except Ed. It's just she, all she sees yeah. is Ed at the back yeah, of the Yeah, that room. was a wonderful choice. That was a great little touch. And she just runs off crying and, you know, Celeste and... Because actually, one of my favourite moments in this whole scene, actually, just for comedy value, is it cuts to Renata, who almost says something to Celeste because it almost sounds like... Because you know, at first Renata's like, yeah, go up and say what I want you to say. And like halfway yeah. through it, it sounds like she's saying Talk no. about how An- Amabella was like in a coma or something. Yeah. <laughs> but when she goes up, about halfway through it, become, it starts to sound more like, no, we should be honest to our kids completely. And But she's kind of like breaking up. It's not like she's just doing this in the traditional Madeline way. And Renata like turns to Celeste and goes... And just like changes yeah. her mind and doesn't say anything and it just really made me laugh but no nah, she, she runs out crying and there's even a moment as well that i liked where celeste looks over to ed like you know are you going to help with this and he just kind of shrugs at her like i don't know what's going on um but when they get outside uh and madeline's run, ran off no one can there's no one no one's seen her and we see that she's back at home with abby but uh and celeste chastises him she's like you know you couldn't have helped your wife and he's like what what do you want me to do like yeah you know 
and he says something else like, oh, is there anything else, you know, that I don't know about, you know? Right. He says, well, maybe we can get some coffee sometime and you can let me know all the other things that I've missed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's cold, but like, I can't actually it's be, true. I can't be mad at him. I don't think anybody watching the show has ever blamed Ed for anything. Like, this is the consequence of Madeline's choices. Yeah. And, not his. And I think what's, what's interesting from Celeste's point of view is that she's someone who maybe like empathizes with madeline in a weird way more because like and i'm not saying madeline's as bad as perry i'm not even coming close to that but in the sense that she's done something really bad to upset ed right and you know earlier on the episode celeste is saying to madeline no ed's a good man he won't leave you he loves you like you'll you'll get through this and she kind of needs to believe that she needs to believe that ed will see the good in her and it's almost like if ed can't see the good in madeline if ed like sees her as just a villain now then it kind yeah. of like makes her feel worse about still having all these nicer feelings about perry you know like there's there's something in there that's mm. it's like it's it's reflecting back in her own relationship and her, her own situation uh, and again yeah. they're very different situations but just in the sense that one of the two is definitely more the the villain uh or not even more the villain, just is the villain in this case. When it, come, when it comes to cheating here, it doesn't seem like Ed in any way is really that much to blame. I mean, sure, maybe he is a bit of a, a pushover. Maybe he, you know, the therapist accuses him of being kind of distant or, or whatever. Um, but to be, to, be, to be fair to Ed, though, everything we've seen in season one did not give us that impression. It gave us the impression that he was no, trying to connect with his wife. And he defended himself in the therapist's office. And yeah. she she seemed to accept that answer I, I think that's what it was i think it was the the way he delivered his answer told her what she needed to know she, she didn't need to like yeah. go down that path anymore because the response didn't sound like he was trying to cover up a truth it sounded like no you're, you're accusing me of something that i just i'm not and yeah. so much of the therapist which i guess is a good thing for this show is about seeing through the lies like that is so much about what her role is in the show um, yeah i think she knows exactly what type of personality madeline is and how difficult it's going to be to get her to actually say something truthful even when we watch her in that scene at first we're like is she being honest like we don't know if she's putting on a show right now for ed and the therapist or if she's actually you know breaking through and mm. saying something truthful because we we don't trust her like as an audience member we still like her we still want her to succeed but we don't trust anything she says yeah, I think the way I'd put it is not so much that she's putting on a show per se. I think she's being as honest as she can absolutely let herself be. But that still means right. withholding. Right, she's already said so many lies, it would yeah. be too much to be open right, sitting next to Ed at this point. Yeah. She, she's, she, she knows she's not the nice, that she's just trying to protect herself. Yeah, um, I, I think she's being as honest as she absolutely can be until someone breaks down the wall, which uh it's interesting and there's other little pieces here she, she says she caught her father cheating on on her mother when she was a child and yeah it seems to not have, at the therapist not to the therapist this was the celeste <laughs> yeah this was the where she yeah. opens up but she and it seems to be something that she never told her mom it seems to be something that she kept uh, all these years because mm -hmm. it sounds like her parents are still t together i mean the way she talked about them then i mean they could be split up but the way she said oh, i've not spoken to my parents in years it just it came off across yeah. as they're probably still married to me. Yeah, she said like 40 years. Yeah. So I, I think this idea that she she doesn't believe in marriage as much as she wants to because 
the, you know her parents was kind of a shambles even though maybe if it, it whether or not it did actually break up or not the fact that it's still you know sealed in all these lies and then the fact that her marriage to nathan failed um and maybe because it was him that you know was the i mean we don't know what the relationship was like maybe madeline was a nightmare to, to be with at the time <laughs> maybe he's, he's not maybe. like you know the, the, the worst decision maker but because he's the one who broke that marriage up it has left her in this place where she's not ready to kind of like she's gotten married again because she wants to have that that life she wants to have a married life with kids she wants to do all these things and feel successful in that way but she's not actually willing to actually buy into the the commitment of it essentially even if she didn't realize that before you know she, she's not yeah. bought into the you know i'm devoted to this person and like that's it you know well maybe she was with her first marriage and then you know exactly because yeah. it didn't work out that she she <laughs> <laughs> camera for the audio people the camera froze on her end for a second yeah that's right. <laughs> um, but you know because things work out you know she talked about that fairy tale life during the assembly and how things don't have a happy ending and you know it kind of breaks down the facade of what everything you learned growing up with marriage was supposed to be yeah. and who knows like maybe that changes the second marriage yeah, and, and, and this maybe even ties into her her speech at the end about being honest with the kids. Um, because all her dad said to her was, this is, you know, some things mommy doesn't need to know. You know, yeah. <laughs> mother doesn't need to know about the other women in the bed. <laughs> you can keep that to yourself. Um, yeah, she said she was like three or four years old when she found out. Like, yeah, surprised you even held on to that memory for so long. Yeah, I don't remember. It must have been like yeah. a big deal. I don't remember anything for being three or four. <laughs> Well, I mean, when you learn that young that it's okay to hold secrets. That's true. Maybe that's why Madeline is the way she is. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. This is how she sees a marriage. It's, it's, just, it's just keeping lies to keep it in a stable place. You just keep yeah. doing things you're not it's supposed to. It's all about to. the perception, not about the reality. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm a romantic, but... <laughs> i think madeline is a fine example of what happens when you lie all the time yes yes not, not a healthy healthy relationship uh or a, no. not, not to anyone to anyone yeah um and you do kind of end up feeling bad for ed but um so her talking about putting up walls i think will pivot is into renata maybe um yeah because there's not as much with her although she did have a lot of funny lines uh, i loved her yelling at the principal because the big thing happens early on in the episode is that amabella has a has a panic attack <clears throat> which mm-hmm. is not something that i associate typically with children who are six <laughs> no yeah. no she has a panic attack and she doesn't like faint but she is not able to stand so she just kind of falls over is which, what the doctor eventually says. Which, by the way, um, we should probably mention that they're having a in class before the the teacher notices that she's fallen over. Uh, there's a discussion about uh, lies. Now, I have never actually read Charlotte's Web, but it doesn't really matter because, oh yeah, um, because I, I don't know if it's just a a regional thing. Like we just never used that book in school or whatever. But yeah, we used it in my school. Yeah, but um, that didn't matter though because they're, they're talking about lies and Ziggy kind of just like. Well, no. If you, if you, that's what adults do, they they like to protect people, and it's like Ziggy, Ziggy's come a long way. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he understands why his mother lied to him for so long. It's like, it's almost like her finally being honest when he asked questions about assault and things like that actually made him a better kid because he was able to actually learn something from it instead of just being curious. Yeah. There's maybe something to be said. I'm not saying that we should all go around telling six-year-olds what rape is. I mean, there's a, maybe a better age for that, but... 
you know, when yeah. when push but comes I mean, to shove, he didn't believe that this dork brought him, you know, to his mom. Yeah, exactly. He's like, all right, mom, I keep hearing about the semen. What is semen? <laughs> How does it work? Tell me. I mean, there are things that are age appropriate, of course, <laughs> but also like her not choosing not to lie to her son anymore because he's old enough to ask questions about things seems to make Ziggy probably the most stable kid in that class. Seemingly, yeah, because Amabella is having panic attacks and uh, she gets taken to the hospital. Of course, Renata is like flipping out to the doctor. I love that the doctor, after being with like, her and Gordon for like 30 seconds, is like, I would recommend therapy, like for the whole family. For everybody. Yeah. Like, what's <laughs> Not that usually mean? the emergency room doctor's place to say, but yeah. I, I'll be honest. Clearly because of what he has seen. Yeah, I, I'll think he's overstepping here. I, I think I think I don't think so either. Amabella is witnessing her mother yell at everyone around her because she's fainted. Like, this is not helping the the, the case here. <laughs> I love Renata so much, like all the time. But in this episode in particular, like her kid goes from falling to fainting to a coma to <laughs> almost died. <laughs> Every single time she brings up the event, it yeah. gets progressively worse. <laughs> yeah, she because they get like a, a child therapist who's like dresses both. Oh my god, it's so weird. It's, a, it's all a ruse. It's a ruse. Um, and this is where we find out because that's, that's actually made me laugh because the, the title of the episode is the end of the world and. Um, when she's like okay so she's not being bullied she's not being bitten or anything like that um she's worried about the end of the world and she when she said that out loud I was like, that's what the title comes from i just started laughing <laughs> and i'm yeah. like context for this context <laughs> I saw for the, this. yeah i saw the title when i went to watch the episode and i went whoa that's pretty extreme what is this about yeah it's about climate change for lessons for six-year-olds okay yeah. it made me it made me laugh when she said that before she even like said oh they've been getting taught about climate change and she's worried that we're doomed and then but then she goes on to say and also uh garden you know he's her father going to prison and renata's like of course <laughs> she does this head bob like of yeah. course of course that's one but also you like me me <laughs> what did i do <laughs> i love that i love that she goes yeah all three of these things are an issue, but you know, the climate change or the end of the world is the big one. And she, there's almost like this sense of relief, like, okay, I can deal with that. <laughs> I, I like the idea though, that she's actually just sugarcoating it for the parents. Cause she, she's, she's met them and knows enough to like, no, if I tell them it's just them, they're going to like have a, have their own panic attacks. I'm going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. It's mostly the end of the world, <laughs> but it's not really. Yeah. <laughs> Because Renata at least can blame somebody else, you know? Yeah. Also, this makes Amabella a uh, buster, just for the record. Oh my God, she's so buster. <laughs> I mean, except. But doesn't that make like every single mother in this show Lucille? I mean, <laughs> every one of them is just a version of Lucille. They kind of are, but at least Amabella. I mean, it's easy to compare a kid to Buster because the whole joke with Buster is that he's a 10 year old in a 35 year old man's body. <laughs> yeah. I think um I think the the thing with Renata is that she is sort of Madeline times a hundred. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to personality. And I, I think that's why they clash so much in the first season. And they would probably still be clashing in if they didn't have that one thing that united them. And uh I I just I love I love Laura Dern's performance in this show. Oh shoot. 
<laughs> no, she's great. I because like, the scene where she comes into Gordon and he's in his toy room, and she's like, "Abel is upset. We're throwing her a birthday party." Which nice, nice memory from the writers actually, or I say memory, but you know what I mean. Like nice uh, detail from the writers that yeah, Amabel should have a birthday right. because she had a birthday early on last season and it was the same time of the year, so they should at least acknowledge that's happening. They don't have to necessarily show right. a party, but like mention it. It's cool. Um, but yeah, consistency. It's yeah, good. it's good. Uh, but she's like, sell your effing toys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she says she's not sparing any expense. Yeah. So. Spare no expense. Hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, John. <laughs> my, my dear Eddie Sattler, <laughs> welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't make that connection, but yeah, it's there. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, John Hammond in Jurassic Park was Scottish, and Tara gets a kick out of me doing John Hammond impressions. Um, you sound just like him. <laughs> I really hate that man. Um, okay, uh, that's what he's talking about. Goldblum. <laughs> you know, when Disneyland oh, opened in the fifties, all sorts of rides broke down. Yeah, but I can't. I can't yeah, do well, Go- Pirates of the Caribbean broke down. The pirates didn't eat the tourists. Yeah, I can't do a Goldblum <laughs> voice. If I could do a Goldblum voice, I'd be doing Hammond and Goldblum back and forth like all day. <laughs> yeah, that would be your YouTube show. I, yeah, I would be. Yeah, I would just do conversations. I <laughs> I would be like, okay, I'll I'll just pick a scene from like, all right, the Dark Knight, sure, but except in this Dark Knight, Hammond is Batman and Goldblum's Joker, <laughs> and I'd just do the scene. <laughs> million dollar idea. It's a million dollar idea. I need to find a Goldblum impersonator. Me and the Goldblum impersonator can just do 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 that. I'll give up this review in Marlarkey. Anyway, so Gordon, I like Gordon in this scene because he's like, yeah, obviously what I did hasn't helped. Like I'm not going to defend it, but. Like, there's something wrong with you right now. And it sounds like... Because yeah. he says, like, no, when I first met you, you were this person with all these balls around you, and it was really hard, but I did eventually break through. Uh, but uh, that wall's been kind of been up again for a while now. And I think the imp- implication here is that it's the same with Bonnie. It's the same timing. It's it's mur- post-murder. Right. That would be my guess anyway. Um, and she That's where my mind went to also. It yeah. was either that or it was when Amabella was born. Um, well, I wasn't guessing that because he says that Amabella, I think, has noticed it too. So I think there's been a change for her too, implying that it's okay. not been her whole life, um, is, what, is how I read it. And, and you know, he's right. Like, Gordon, for, for all his shittiness, he's right. Like, Amabella is noticing because, as we've seen last season all the time, these the kids, you may not think they can understand all these things, but they notice something. They may not understand they it do. completely, but they notice that something's wrong. They notice that people are agitated or stressed or upset or, or whatever um right and that's that's you know so yeah uh which so she goes to the principal and yells at him about the climate change class and he's like climate change is important but there's a lot of parents complaining so we're going to have this assembly but i like i almost cheer for the principal he's like you know this may shock you renata but this school is for all the children not just amabella (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just I love the teacher because he had that you know interaction with her in the first episode and I it must have like crossed his mind like oh shit I'm gonna have to deal with this parent because it was Amabella that passed yeah. out he, he goes to the <laughs> hospital with Amabella he actually says no you someone else look after my class I'm going to the hospital because I care that much yeah and the first thing Renata says when she gets out of the hospital after the doctor says something to her is what did you do yeah what did you do <laughs> you hack <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you. Oh, and I love. We didn't talk about it, but in the in the um in that scene when every time Gordon like tries to comfort their daughter, she's like, "Don't talk to her." <laughs> That's <Don't> right. Her. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what's wrong with Abba. I wonder where she's noticing this. You know, right? Stressful. <laughs> Her mom is a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, her mom's under a lot of stress. This is... I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is definitely closer to our David Lynch work than our Jurassic Park work. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> this is way closer. Um, but, yeah, so we have this assembly. Uh, we talked about that scene with Madeline. Because it, it ends up being Madeline's scene. You know, as much as Renata kind of made it happen, it ends up being uh, Madeline's scene. So... Uh, so that's that's that. I'm gonna let Firefly out. So why don't you start talking about Bonnie? <laughs> yeah. So Bonnie's really made a turn in this episode. First, she's um, I don't. I guess the first thing we see her is that she has this memory of her and her mother when they were when she was a baby. Oh shoot. <laughs> that's a good freeze, actually. You look like you're in like a mafia movie, and you're like <laughs> you're like yes. <laughs> very good yeah i don't know why i'm like uh, whatever i'll deal with it <laughs> bada bing anyway bada boom. yeah so she has this flashback this memory of her being with her mother as a baby and her mother's telling her how to how to swim trying to teach her how to hold her breath underwater and she just keeps saying i don't want to do it i don't want to do it and then her mother just like dunks her in there which she's fully not prepared and it's a uh, it's it's really shocking when you see it because it seems almost cruel, but it's it is a good way to teach a kid how to hold their breath, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then she walks into the water and she seems to come out, and she sees uh, Jane on the beach also. And <laughs> I know. Oh, that's a great freeze frame. <laughs> and she, but when she sees Jane, she seems like genuinely happy to see her and. They have this, uh, like, they hug, and Bonnie seems to be coming around. Like, I don't know exactly what has happened to trigger it, but she's reaching out to people. She's letting, you know, she's having conversations again. Even the scene with Ed, she was, like, she was laughing, and it was, like, old Bonnie. Yeah, I'm going to, I want to just rewind for a second, because I want to crack a joke. Yes, the dunking your child in the water to, to teach them how to swim, that's very much that if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball method of uh, yeah. of teachings. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, I think like her walking into the ocean. I mean, it's it's kind of a cliched thing, or got into the ocean to cleanse yourself and be reborn. Like that is such a cliched trope, but because it intercut with the the flashback, it did kind of like okay, she's she's basically forcing herself to to kind of try and move on. And you know, the first thing we see her do after this is actually like walk in and she sees her, her mother talking to her daughter. And she's singing her, or not talking, singing her song, oh, and right. she, and she joins in. It's a song that she was, you know, presumably sang to as a kid, and they kind of, you know, three generations of the family are, you know, singing together, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a relatively sweet moment, and yeah. And then again, although I, I'm going to give Edit all the credit because it's the funniest thing to to give credit for this is that Nathan was right. All 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 she had to do was talk to Ed over a lunch or a coffee, and she's right as rain. Turns out Nathan knows his wife pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Not as well as Ed, but he knows her oh, well Ed's enough. Ed's just good with women. <laughs> he, knows Ed, he knows Ed well enough <laughs> to know that he'll yeah. work his magic. <laughs> and Scott's a pretty funny guy. Yes, he's a pretty funny guy. Uh, so no, I mean that was basically it. But like, uh, it was you know, I mean, it was just in the montage at the end, of course. But um, 
no, it was it was nice to see her kind of you know happy happy yeah. yeah it was nice to see her happy uh, and i'm sure we're not done with our plot by any means but it was nice to see that uh, development uh, and that leaves us with the jane well and celeste we'll get to celeste and mary lee's don't worry well, I, mean, I guess mary lee should probably be more with jane actually and uh, then i'm thinking about it yeah they had a couple of big scenes <sighs> probably the biggest scenes of the episode in a lot of ways um yeah apart from like the assembly that's yeah. probably true because i i think mary lee's goes to see jane at her work uh very awkward you know immediately i'm, I'm getting tense because i'm like, oh, what's she going to say like because she always has something in fact speaking of funny renata moments uh renata, renata and madeline are just like you know complaining about the the school or whatever as they're walking out of madeline's work um and renata says something like you know effing the pussy or something you know, she, she, she says like, there's a couple of swear words strung together it's like really graphic yeah which is swearing very vulgar yeah, very vulgar and like mary lisa just walked in turns around and goes oh and <laughs> she, 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 she I, I don't even remember what she says but she just kind of stares at her and like you know makes it makes like a sound and says oh I've, I've found a place um and then as they're walking away renata just turns to Bill and goes what the f <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like she doesn't know how to compute Mary Louise. I, I actually can't wait until Madeline gets so pissed off at Mary Louise that she just sets Renata on her. It's like, all right, you know what? Know. This She's is a bulldog. A, this is a tall <laughs> version of me. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah, that's gonna be great. But Mary Louise, the the, uh, the scene where where Mary Louise is with uh, Jane for the first time, and when she, when she's around Madeline, like she she's so powerful she's she has this like ability to just even when she's sitting down she's still like looming over top of everybody because she's so intimidating but when she's with jane like she she's fiddling with her hands she doesn't she seems incredibly nervous that's a very good observation i don't know if it's an act or not because i know she has the ability to be the complete opposite yeah i it could be an act in the sense that she's basically trying to make herself look more sweet and innocent to Jane so that she'll honor her request. Or you could read it as, no, it's genuine and she's nervous because this is the woman that will prove that her son, as she puts it later in the episode, is evil. And right, and that, that, and because of that, Jane has some amount of power over her. And I'd also like to read into it a little bit and say that because Jane went through her acceptance, you know, by the end of season one, she accepted what happened to her. She was willing to talk about it. And at this point in this season, she's she's told Ziggy everything that Ziggy should hear as a six-year-old. Uh, like mm-hmm. she's in a place where she is the most powerful she has been as a as a as a on a personal level, you know, empowered, uh, where right. she's willing to fight for herself and be honest about things. And I I think you could argue that that's why Madeline does feel threatened when she's around her because Madeline actually has a bed of lies that will buckle, like. She mm-hmm. like Madeline could be defeated, and Madeline knows she can be defeated because she's she's using lies. Whereas Jane is being a hundred percent honest, and because of that, has nothing to be defeated yeah. with. You're right. Um, you know, Mary Louise lies to her or ammunition. It's how she wins, and Jane's not giving her that. And I think that's what that scene really said to me. Yeah, she's she's on this really stable foundation where Madeline, in contrast, is like her foundation is completely shaken because it's built on lies yeah so um so because she's like oh can we get a paternity test for ziggy and she's like i'm pretty sure i I know it's you know he's the guy like 
because uh, she says at one point he's the only one I've been with. I don't know if that's implying that it's literally the only man she's been with, or it's just no. There's no one even close to that's that. That's how I took it. Yeah. Yeah, it probably does mean that. Um, and I mean, how can you be with somebody after you've been through that experience? Yeah. Well, I was thinking she might have been with someone before that, but. Right. But True. yeah. Um, yeah, I assumed that she wasn't in the mood for any one night stands in the last, you know, five six years. Understandably so. Well, we get we get that um, impression from her definitely from oh, this yeah. episode. Yeah, we get that later. She's obviously she goes on dates. She's just starting to kind of you know let herself be open to the idea again, kind of thing, and that's part of her journey as well, of course. But she she she's like, no, I know I know what he did. I know it was him. There's no doubt in my mind. And she's like, you know, why do you want this? And she's like. And I actually didn't hate how, like, because Mary Louise often infuriates me, and she infuriates me a lot in this episode. I didn't hate how she phrased this request, though, when she's asked why she needs this to happen. Because she she doesn't phrase it as, I need proof that he did this because I don't believe you. Because she's, she's been very dismissive of the victim. She's been very victim blamey and doughty, you know, up until now. She She yeah. instead says, I need proof that he's evil for me. That's the way she kind of phrases it, is that I need to, I need to actually... Right. If there's a chance that this disproves what you're saying about my son, I have to know that it's disproven. Um, even though, but she says it in such a genuine way, I actually like, didn't hate her for it because it was like, okay, I actually kind of get it. You actually, you need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your son's what they're saying he is. Yeah, I mean, and she has that great scene with her. I, I think it's the second scene with it. It's, it's almost right after because I think Jane goes to school, drops off Ziggy, I think, and then she goes, mm. she has like this quiet moment and then goes to meet uh, Mary Louise and she sees photos of uh perry and his brother as kids and he looks just like ziggy and i'm pretty sure yeah. it's just the actor who plays ziggy who's taking these photos. yeah i'm sure it is too yeah. but like yeah doctor to make them look older <laughs> yeah um and you know she's she's like happy to see them and mirrors i want to be in his life because i'm his grandmother and jane is a trooper and says basically kind of nods and says okay because uh, i'm not so sure if i would want like the the mother i mean even if she's like a wonderful person i'm not so sure i would want anyone from his family involved right but i mean you could see why it would be cruel to not let her see her grandchild also yeah I, it's really murky i mean it's obviously it's a difficult position it for is everyone. it's so murky but yeah. it's you can see both sides like because i mean can, can you look at your the it is technically her grandson like but can you can you look at you know like the grandmother playing with your kid and not be reminded of how you got the kid you know when you look right look at her you know like so and obviously the other thing we've been saying for the last couple of episodes uh is that you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and she's emotionally abusive so it may actually just be a really bad idea because of that obviously jane's not really caught into that yet if, if that is the case maybe maybe release will turn, turn out better than we think she is but maybe um one of the things that really stuck out from this conversation was she kept asking if he, ziggy was a sweet boy and then she kept talking about how so, yeah how perry was the sweetest boy and it, it kind of because Jane had this sense of relief, it seems like he's not like his father, you know. But it's if Perry was a sweet boy too, now it's like entered back into her mind that she has this paranoia again yeah, it, that her son can still grow up to be Perry. It's almost flipped it, yeah. Because last season it was like, oh, I'm worried that he's hitting someone, so is he like his father? And now it's like, yeah. no, his father was sweet and appeared to be kind when he was a kid but still grew up to be what he is and we don't know how accurate that is i mean mary louise like you know she has the rose tinted mother glasses on <laughs> like yeah. you know she what she thinks was sweet maybe just, just in the same way that celeste didn't know that max was doing stuff until it was you know caught and pointed out to her you know right. so 
like so it could be genuine it could be that she is just blinded or that she missed it or she's just flat out lying it could be any of those things um Mm -hmm. and that's interesting and and jane's response is you know again very honest like no he didn't grow up to be any of those things and again mary louise does not have a comeback for her she just kind of gets flustered there's no she doesn't have some witty remark to like disprove like what she's saying she doesn't have anything it's like okay and she is kind of creepy because she shows up later uh when she's taking ziggy to school and it's kind of weird at first but i kind of understood that okay she's not getting the test but if she sees him you know given that jane said that he looks a lot like like her sons if she sees yeah. him then she might be like okay um i i recognize my son in him i know it's him uh right. however let's not gloss over the fact that at one point she does uh ask like some really absurd questions like uh who initiated first contact on the night that he was conceived and things like that like it's just like, yeah it was a little bit of um like slut shaming yeah how, how can i possibly turn this around so that it's your fault for tempting my sweet son she's doing whatever she can yeah. to make her son into the angel she thinks he is absolutely um and it makes me feel kind of sick uh it, a little bit because um, you know what happened and she even said he raped me and the whole time i told him to get off and to stop yeah uh, that uh, was really that was a really powerful moment i don't know if it struck with uh mary louise I think it did, like it did with me it was... i made a speechless because i think i think the exact phrase is i was screaming to get off me i think was the exact phrase yeah. uh there was no misreading that and it, it, yeah it, it's really it, Mary Lizzie's scenes this season are very difficult to watch in a lot of ways. And then, of course, her final thing is that she is snooping around um, Celeste's uh, yeah. medication drawer. <laughs> and she tries to make an excuse. Oh, I was looking for something to help me sleep. And she's like, no, you're not. You're, you're snooping. Get out. Yeah. And yeah, the reason why I have those pills is because I need them for the pain when your son kicked me uh, and things like that. Uh, which I guess neatly kind of takes us into celeste's side of the story which not super in-depth this episode and she gets a lot of time most episodes so that's not a big deal but uh you know she she talks about how she wants to remember the good things and how that's good for her family to remember how it's with the boys at one point she sits down with uh, the kids and mary louise and they're looking at all these like videos that they, they recorded together yeah um which it's all happy memories yeah and she's trying to buy all this and She's still so we don't deal deal with this as much. This is still very much just her trying to remember the good things, and it's almost like Mary Louise, in a weird way, is kind of like the biggest reminder of how bad he was because she keeps snooping, she keeps doing things to the point where she fly out says, "You need to leave. Like you need to go stay stay elsewhere." Right. I can't have you around here. She's toxic. Yeah, she really is. Uh, which leads to what I'm going to call the most unhealthy. Well, not the most. I mean, because now I'm thinking now I'm thinking about like scenes in Psycho, but in a drama, the most unhealthy masturbation scene I've ever seen, um, where she she masturbates to footage of Perry, uh, which yeah. is you know it goes back to the uh, the therapist from the the opening scene with Celeste mm. and how she's saying it's unhealthy for you to hold on to these only good memories. And she just can't let go of him. And she she doesn't know if she misses him or if she's, you know, better off without him at this point. And it's uh it's it's just like escalating to this really toxic, unhealthy place that she's in. Yeah, I think to me it says that she, despite everything he was doing, 
she was still kind of dependent on him. Like there, like there's other parts of what he did and what he was doing around uh, that that she depended. She can't let on. go of the war. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Back yeah. to that phrase. Back to it again. No, uh, so so yeah, Celeste doesn't get as much good. Celeste usually gets like the best moments in the, most episodes. So maybe it was nice of her to like yeah. take a back seat for an episode, but like, everyone else can have the the big moments. Yeah, she always has to like really act. <laughs> she does have some bruises though, uh, and she says she got it when she was breaking up the boys. And the therapist uh, asked if she's been self inflicting them. We've Do not you think s- that was from the boys? I don't think the the boys hit her like hard enough to bruise her like or even or even intentionally hit her they were just kind of waving their, their arms around for the most part at each other i don't i don't remember like they're not very strong like to leave a bruise like that maybe it is from the boys or maybe we find out it was self-inflicted was but... it from the drive maybe the crash does the therapist know it about could the be crash? from the crash like maybe she yeah. didn't admit to that yeah madeline even cracks a joke about that she's like oh take care of those sleepy drives recently right yeah uh you know a little bit of deflecting with the with the humor um <laughs> but uh yeah that was that was the episode um a lot of solid scenes a lot of great things um but definitely it's in, in a bit of a shadow because episode two was like so insanely like yeah big. episode two was so good i mean it, again like every character is so fascinating and the acting is just so stellar that i'm going to enjoy every episode i'm sure and the writing is is still good like it's still holding up I don't really have a lot of complaints about it. It's just not as, it's not as, doesn't have as many big reveals as episode two. So yeah, it's going to be a little bit in the shadow. Yeah. Well, I think the, the struggle for season two over season one is that season one had at the heart of it this Perry Celeste abuse storyline that was like mm-hmm. riveting in a really dark way. You know, it was this really tense thing where every time she was alone with them, it was like, this is the thing that has to it's be It's a fixed. horror show. Yeah. yeah um and this season doesn't really have that this season has aftermaths and you know i i said in my review of the finale from last season as, and i still feel this way that i don't really like the reveal that uh, perry was was jane's rapist but i do like everything they're doing with it this season you know in terms of drama yeah. in terms of how they're using it for the characters I, I like all that stuff i just the reveal itself i still don't like but at least how they're using it i appreciate it and, and how it's right how it's creating these scenes with me or how it's creating these scenes with with Ziggy having to be told the truth or, or things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a little soap opera, but I mean, it's still, I don't know how to explain it. Like, like I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real reveal got to me. I never read the book, but it kind of made it seem like, okay, this is like a thriller novel now <laughs> where everything just kind of links together that doesn't. it seems a little far-fetched and to be honest, a little bit cheap. But I, I agree, like, everything is all the acting and the characters are still so interesting and what they're doing with the consequences of that reveal is has been very engaging i i'm totally into season two yeah um now i'm looking forward to the next episode um and this has been and the fact that i mean we, we are hitting like 50 minutes of talking here for for episode three my camera is like dying on me <laughs> yeah it's like positive and it's only the fact that is, is we know it's definitely your computer that's doing this because you've got a different internet, internet connection now um yeah it doesn't happen every time we talk it's, it's literally just like every couple of weeks there'll just be that one night it's just like nope freeze frame yeah. bitches so i don't know I, know. <laughs> I actually have another laptop that i um will probably get in in the next week or so so <gasps> yeah <laughs> it's an old laptop but okay. it's different so we'll see if that helps but it's like a proper computer this is a, this is a chromebook you're on yeah 
Yeah, when you switch to a proper This one has computer. Windows and everything. <laughs> Windows? Even a CD-ROM. <laughs> Not even a DVD-ROM? <laughs> oh, I don't know. How old is it? <laughs> do, you know, do, do you know what pleases me about that more than anything, though, is that in the past when we've tried to troubleshoot some tech faults with you, is that I try to help because I know how to fix things, but then it's like, no, I'm on a Chromebook. I don't have any of these options. It's, yeah, I, I don't have a tablet, basically, <laughs> with the keyboard attachment. You, they don't have the same... The programs work very differently. At least now <laughs> I can actually like, look in my computer and like say where you should go and what you should be checking and what you should be you know right. looking at. Uh, anyway, that has been Big Little Lies Season 2, Episode 3. Uh, so we're actually kind of like halfway through the season now because uh, the next episode is the middle episode because it's only seven episodes. Oh, yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a quickie. So much happens every single episode. Like, mm. there's still so much to, to tell. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, Even though there's only four episodes, they're going to be loaded. And we would hope that probably more loaded as we go. I imagine as we get closer to the end, it's going to be more packed and more dense. Um, so... Yeah, that's a uh, big little lies for the week. Uh, let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. Uh, you can like and subscribe and all that stuff. Uh, if you want to support us, you can do that. You can also rate us on your your podcast app, your iTunes. If you if you're, you know, go go to the, the review section, give us five stars, give us a review. It helps us out, set spreads the show to more people, uh, which of course is very important. But of course, if you want to support us financially and uh, spare no expense, as they say. Uh, Tara will tell you about Patreon. Whale's holding a dog because the dog will make you even <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, she was looking at me. I had to pick her up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash TV. Uh, you can donate as low as a dollar per month and you get a bunch of extra goodies for the dollar. You get bonus episodes for some shows we do. Some shows you get a week early. Not these ones, obviously, but um, a couple other shows that we do together. Yep. Yeah, like the Atomic Cinema Experiment or Sci-Fi Movie Podcast that we do every week. Uh, and you even get a bonus episode of that. For $1 a month, you get a bonus episode of that. You get a bonus episode of the Screams After Midnight Horror Movie Podcast every month. And you get Mail Fuzz Mysteries, which is just me and Connor talking about random things. <laughs> All these things for a dollar. And then there's other things, of course, higher up. Uh, so there you go. That is the show. That has been us. Uh, so thank you once again for watching or listening. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, get me on Twitter at Wibble89 and just uh, get Tara on Twitter by using your imagination and pretending that she's tweeting <laughs> I some, don't have Twitter. some way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can check out our uh, our Ace Twitter. You can reach me through there. You can, yes, uh, at the Ace Podcast for our sci-fi movie podcast tour. Uh, but that's <laughs> us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs> <laughs>